Welcome to the JetRails podcast, supporting you through the airwaves with information about website and e-commerce technology and strategies from design and development to security, marketing, conversion rate optimization, and web hosting. We bring you insights from industry leaders and experts hosted, edited, and published by me, Robert Rand, your friendly neighborhood tech ambassador. Hi, and welcome to an episode of the JetRails podcast. I'm Robert, your host, and today we're going to be talking about e-commerce shoppers experiencing checkout problems and if you can win them back. If basically, if that's going to be a linchpin moment where that shopper had a challenge and they're going to jump ship and you're never going to see them again, or if there are things that you can actually do um, that are going to influence them and, and make them comfortable to come back, try again, um, to build that loyalty and, and that relationship with a brand. And with us today, I've got GQ from the LTV Plus team. Um, GQ, would you do the honor of introducing yourself? Yeah, for sure. And th thanks a lot for having me on the show, Robert. It's a great pleasure to be here. Uh, so GQ here, one of the co-founders at LTV Plus. And at LTV Plus, we provide world-class customer service outsourcing services to support e-commerce brands. Uh, so we provide dedicated, highly trained agents that provide 24-7 coverage in any language that you need, with English being the base of it. And we also provide payment recovery. So primarily fill payment recovery. And I think that's one of the topics that we're going to be talking about today. So I'm pretty eager to dive into that. Uh, <laughs> dive into that. Yeah. Yeah. And I always love to ask tech companies and folks in the space, how did LTV Plus get its name? There's always some interesting story behind a name. <laughs> so, well, David and I, uh, David being my co-founder, we when we started this business, it was just a really simplistic idea because we both are big uh I wouldn't say MPS nerds, but at some level, we're both very customer success driven. And so CLTV or customer lifetime value is of you know great importance to us. And we figured uh, since we're going to start an outsourcing business that ties in with customer service, you know, our goal with this business is to always increase customer lifetime value. And so that's actually our vision, actually increasing the customer lifetime value of online businesses. And so the word LTV means lifetime value and plus means like increase, right? So you'll see in the logo, LTV plus basically means lifetime value plus. I like it. I like, you know, I, I think that there, there's a tremendous focus, of course, on conversion optimization and on certain processes, but it's always nice to actually think about the, the net result. You know, what is it that you're, you're aiming to achieve? Yeah, you know, you, you want a high conversion rate or you want some of these, you want a low bounce rate, you want, um, you know, certain things along the way, but you want them for a reason. Um, you know, the same reason that when we talk about lifetime value, you want shoppers to keep coming back over and over again and you want to build that sticky relationship. And, you know, so getting to sort of the theme of today's uh, episode, when we talk about abandoned carts, very common conversation when it comes to uh, you know, that conversion optimization process and, and not losing uh, shoppers out of the, uh, the proverbial sales funnel. Um, <laughs> it's, it's usually about willful abandoned carts, people that either got distracted or maybe they, they saw the prices, they're going to go check prices or shipping or, you know, other things at other stores. And so, uh, you know, in a traditional campaign, you're going to work to bring back those shoppers and, and try to influence them to say, hey, wait, you know, you left something in your cart, come on back. Um, what happens if we're talking about things like errors or problems in the checkout, that there was a credit card issue or, or some other kind of uh, challenge that, that arose? Is it possible to win those users back? Well, 
I think definitely yes, especially really, it really depends, of course, on what the transaction issue was, right? Like, so for example, a, a great uh, point being that you brought up was, for example, if the credit card fails and then, you know, a customer is not able to make that purchase. And so they jump off the page and they don't necessarily come back. It is definitely worth your time to follow up with, uh, well, let's just talk about email campaigns or even an SMS campaign for a start if you already have their numbers and, you know, you can contact them, right? putting that effort forward and talking to them and obviously providing a different kind of messaging versus someone who's just left their card, not purchased, you know, just letting them know, Hey, they can always retry their purchase at this link. And just the goal being to make it as simple as possible and also letting them know what the issue was or is uh, to help make their purchase. That makes a big difference. Cause you know, the thing is you don't want to, you know, that person was already interested to make that purchase in the first place. So why not make it easy for the person to come back if the person was just, you know, kind of like out of funds in the credit card. And, you know, I, I know that a lot of payment gateways and e-commerce systems that they don't make it easy on the shopper to understand what really happened. They just know that something failed. So yep. I imagine that being able to give them more insight if they're if the merchant is able to parse in something more meaningful about the error code or or something that that's probably interesting to know that it was that there weren't enough funds or something else. I don't know how often that's feasible. Um, but would you find that sometimes it's worth adding a coupon at that point to try to, you know, basically you've already lost them um, to try to entice them back. Do you have to put extra effort in like that? Or is it really just enough to send a link to reclaim the cart, to get back into the cart with the item already there um, and to let them know that, um, that they can and, and should try again? That that's uh, that's a great point. So I would say that yeah, obviously, if you were to sweeten the deal, I think that makes a lot of sense. And you you, you typically see that people throwing like maybe ten percent, twenty percent discount on top of like hey, and, and especially more so I think for first time shoppers, right? Because you know the experience is it's already there. You want to keep it as positive as possible, even though the issue is obviously on the customer's side with regards to their cards, but or with the transactions. And, and so and and of course more so if it's the problem on our end, right? As a brand, where you know. Uh, we had some technical issues and therefore we couldn't receive payment. So sending out not just the email and, or SMS, it's also uh, the coupon, like you mentioned, that's helpful. And I think and on top of that, uh, one thing that we talk about a lot is a per- form of personalized outreach, right? So, you know, sure, sending a lot of emails out is uh, through through your tools. That's obviously useful and that that does get, get, get uh, great results. But, you know, if, you know, today, you're, you, you know, you wanted to shop for, I don't know, um, just say a pair of glasses online somewhere, or maybe like this, uh, what do you call it? A computer lenses, the blue, <laughs> blue filter lenses, right? And you make that purchase and something happens and you're like, Hey, okay, never mind. You know, you, you close off, you leave because you know, your payment just didn't go through. And like you said, you didn't know the reason why. And then you receive an email, say from John and says, Hey, you know, Robert, um, notice that you were trying to purchase this product from us. And, you know, uh, the transaction got declined because of X and they explained to you what the reason was, but I say, no worries. I got you. And here's, you know, here's the link for you to make the purchase again. And on top of that, like you said, adding some uh, special discount or even some loyalty points on top of that, you know, to sweeten the deal, depending on what's possible for the brand. I think that will naturally encourage better, uh, better recovery rates as a result, because, um, in a way, you would have formed a connection with the brand through a person. Uh, and I think that's that's obviously a great start. And, and then on top of that, you know, hey, you're making it easier for me. And you're also making the purchase price kind of in a way less. Uh, obviously, people, you know, there, there, there might be the chance for abuse, but I think you can always risk something like that um, at the beginning when it's the first buy, first purchase from a customer. 
That makes perfect sense. And I imagine that actually having a human being talk to them, that there are insights that get gleaned from that, that uh, that, that agent that's chatting with them, that's, that's speaking with them, can learn more about what their experience was and help translate that back into a better user experience for the website to give exactly. that feedback. If people are, are experiencing the same thing over and over again and getting frustrated, that's obviously not healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think that, that that's key. I mean, would you say that a lot of these users are frustrated in these situations or they just, you know, moved on? <laughs> well, I, because I mean, when they get someone on the phone, they probably don't hold back too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, yeah. I mean, when we talk about phone conversations like that, or even just live chat, right? People get frustrated. And I think it, it, it goes two ways, right? So, you know, if, when that happens, what channels do you have available on your store at the checkout? Because I guess most people might, for example, terminate the chat piece or whatever on the checkout page to prevent any form of... Um, distractions so if you will like you know you want to increase your conversion rates therefore everything like you just want to make it as easy as possible for the customer to make that purchase however like you said if an error does occur and something happens and the thing is look i've already keyed my credit card details i really want to make this purchase right i might go ahead a second time perhaps because you know like i would love to try it again a second time because you know hey i really want this product but at the same time could i perhaps hit up customer support and let them know Hey, look, there's something wrong with your, and, and again, if I didn't know what the error was, but I can hit up live chat, for example, and let them know, Hey, that this is happening. I want to make this purchase. What can I do? You know, uh, just knowing that there's someone there to help, uh, you know, yeah, there, there, I guess at some level, there will be some frustration to answer your question, right? Cause if, if you wanted to make this purchase and you couldn't. That's going to not be a great experience overall. The and that you didn't ask for, didn't want. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, now you're using your time to solve someone else, what you perceive at least as someone else's technical issue, or, you know, most people don't understand that, uh, you know, if, if they knew that they had no funds, for instance, they'd yeah. understand that. But let's say that it's a security hold on the card. They need yeah. to know to reach out to their bank. They don't understand what's happening. Um, they didn't necessarily trigger that uh, purposefully or willfully. <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and it's interesting that you know when it comes to the checkout, there can be all sorts of issues with API calls and other things. You know, temporary glitches that you're talking about a lot of different things between shipping and payments and sales taxes and uh, you know tip of the iceberg, right? You know, <laughs> fraud prevention, all sorts of things coming together on the one page. Um, so, you know, I'm being delivered from servers and content delivery networks and going through web application firewalls and bot protections and, uh, you know, so any number of things that could have caused them some grief um, at a given moment that could or should be better optimized. Um, you know, we've seen more merchants now talk about having secondary payment gateways and backups yep. and other things. And, yep. uh, you know, I think conversations that will probably wind up covering more on the podcast in the future but uh but but this is all kind of part and parcel um uh, of what's going on out there so you know when it it comes to, to these would you say that this is most impacting businesses that have high cart values you know that, that have high average order values aov um or that, that are selling subscriptions and you know therefore really getting people on the hook or um, you know, places that have those, high, I guess, high lifetime values where people are coming back frequently that you really don't want to lose that that shopper that, you know, as opposed to somewhere selling a T-shirt one time and, you know, OK, if you lose 5% of your people drop out that you could have recovered, you know, maybe it's not make or break, but 
uh, you know, that, that this is more of an issue of that lifetime value figure. Sure. So I think it's we can look at that in different uh, ways, right? Different types of businesses, like you said, where like one-time purchases or subscriptions. Now, I think with the subscriptions model, it definitely makes a lot of sense uh, for you to consider not just um, so. While you probably have some level of dunning solutions in place, right? <clears throat> you probably have some email campaigns in place, SMS campaigns in place, and depending on the value of your subscriptions, maybe phone calls as well. You know, once you know, once a person is an existing subscriber, you would definitely want to figure out. Okay, um, you know, like what's the best way to retain them? You know, why is the person not uh, continuing the subscriptions? And you know, from what we've seen, generally it can range anywhere. Like, let's say, if you're, depending on your churn rate, anywhere between ten to forty percent of that churn rate could possibly be involuntary churn. And we're talking about people who are not intentionally canceling the subscription. They're just, like you said, again, suffering from insufficient funds. You know, uh, maybe there's like a do not honor a code that went through, you know, maybe their credit card expired and they're not sure they're not, they don't know everyone's busy. They might not have gotten a notification anywhere. And so not just like, well, first of all, sending out those automated campaigns is a good start. So people understand, Hey, your subscriptions are going to go on pause because, you know, we tried billing you, but it didn't work. And then, you know, um, you know, here, here's a way to update it. But then there's also the point of, you know, what if people don't see it, right? <clears throat> Email. A lot of people are emailing. What if that just goes for spam? Well, you know, <laughs> so assume with the subscription that you're getting emails every month that the order got invoiced, that the order shipped, that, you know, you expect to see mundane emails. And so you feel like you can ignore them because that's what you've been exactly. able to do for a few months, you know, that you looked at the first couple and after that, it didn't matter anymore. So yeah, very easy to skip those things over. Exactly, exactly. And so when, when you start to skim over such topics, and then that gets lost in the mail, you're like, hey, why, why is my pack of like, for example, protein bars not coming through every four weeks as I've subscribed, it, uh, subscribed for and then, um, well, let's say like, when we go back to that initial uh, conversation, maybe at an, over an SMS, you know, like you get this message, because you obviously agreed to it, you're like, hey, you know, your, your payments not working, like, oh, okay, cool, and then you get back to that person. And then here's the interesting part. Now, Obviously, when people are updating their stuff, you know, that's great. That's automated through the, through their phone, for example, or SMS. But what about if you had a question about that subscription? And today, you know, you're talking about say, Hey, uh, I was asking for like chocolate flavors before, but I want to change it this time. And you don't want to have to go on the website to do it and stuff. You just want to be able to do this over SMS. That's where having a, for example, a human agent respond to those SMS inquiries would help a lot. Because, for example, now you're telling them, hey, yeah, here's my, you know, I'm ready to update my credit card details. But can you also update the subscription package for me? I want to change it to this, you know, this flavors, blah, blah, blah. That gives the opportunity for your brand to contact or have that conversation with your customer through the through this agent to figure out an upsell, to figure out, like, how can we change those flavors? And you retain a customer, but not only retain your customer, but you also find an opportunity to create a great customer experience. And people will remember, hey, gosh, you know what? Like, I had this conversation with John and he just did everything for me over the phone. It was easy. And like, you know, I didn't have to do anything else besides keeping my credit card details. Well, I mean, like with an experience like that, then you're going to remember this brand. And that, as, as we were talking about before from the beginning, that's another way of just increasing their lifetime value. And I think that applies a lot to subscriptions, subscription-based uh, e-commerce brands. And, you know, if you've got someone on their mobile device, which is so often the case, they don't really want to go through jumping through a bunch of hoops uh, on their mobile phone, typing out t tons of things, you know, navigating through all sorts of things. They've done that already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Know, uh, with email, they're used to no reply ad and that sort of thing. And they don't expect to be able to send a, a reply and get much of an answer. 
um, yeah. from the yeah. average transactional message. But with SMS, with texting, it's uh, it, it is a little bit different. Where depending on the nature of the message, it's fantastic to be able to respond and actually deal with human beings. Um, definitely, definitely. And you know, just just a funny thing that you brought up there just now: the do not reply, the no reply or do not reply emails. That that's a bit tricky because you know that's one of if if someone were to see that email already and they had a question or something to send through, I think brands some brands do make that error where they choose to not receive a reply from that person because you know like that's a good opportunity for you to rectify concerns and it, like you know like hey maybe their shipping's not there yet maybe they have they want to change their order or something they want to add they want to add some stuff that's mm-hmm. I, th- I think that at every touch point that you have with your customer it's always a good way to learn more about what they need and also a great an opportunity as said to create a great customer experience and you know i think in 2022 now you have a lot of different types of help desks and technologies that allow you to integrate everything into one single contact platform right you know and so there's no need to jump into your inbox just to get back to, to get back to people you can receive all of this in one place and so you know uh, where brands might be fearful that hey we might get a huge influx of inquiries and not be able to attend to them they're everywhere you integrate them into one spot and then there's the next level where you might be able to um uh, automate some aspects of those responses so for example um you know if you have if, if you like to um someone says where's my order like you know if they get like the, the shipping and they just want to drop that email back they don't want to go on your site it's like hey where's my order now um you know i know a lot of you obviously a lot of brands get that could you number one use your help desk to automatically reply to that email and so you don't have to necessarily take care of it and obviously let the customer know that this is a bot reply but they get that information or and number two if someone were to send that could you empower your agents to get uh responses that are matching that inquiry to quickly send it out but they get the opportunity to personalize that email before they send it so you know with technology at your fingertips these days for customer service you know you you get the ability to not just automate messages but also automate at some level the personalization at scale and i think that's pretty crucial because like you know i think one thing that people talk about a lot is how do you personalize and the concern is if I have a human agent talking to everyone, you know, it's going to be hard, but technology is making it easier every day now. Yeah. And, you know, there are now platforms, you know, I mean, there've been for many, many years, platforms like Zendesk that, you know, offered a, a lot of features, but now between Gorgeous and, you know, a rich panel, different things that have been coming up, you uh, know, in, in, in the space, I think that um, it's hard not to give that customer service experience the right tools and and the the right focus you know, yep. the shopper just wants to communicate and for better or worse they communicate through different channels whether it's you know phone uh whether it's email whether it's sms whether it's facebook messenger i mean you know you name it and you need to have that unified record in order to really take good care of them and have it tied in with their their order history and uh, and other crucial data. And so whether they have a return or something else, like in the case of subscriptions, I mean, that that's historically even pre-e-commerce, um, but, but I'm thinking really into the early days of e-commerce, it got harder and harder to get merchant accounts for folks that were selling subscriptions because a lot of the websites had very poor features to pause, cancel, change the address, yeah. up, you know, uh, update it, you know, upgrade or downgrade the, the product offering that, that they were purchasing. And so people get very frustrated very quickly. And the first call that they'd make was, you know, when they couldn't get satisfaction, couldn't figure out how to communicate well, they called the credit card company and um, they, they put a stop to that quickly. And 
when you're getting a lot of chargebacks, credit card uh, yep. processors notice that pretty quickly and your rates go up. They start holding cash. They, uh, they eventually, they, they cut you off. And so, you know, you can really, it's funny um, in some ways that, you know, here we are, we're talking about this in terms of retaining revenue and things, but there are some downstream effects as well to not um, communicating effectively with, with shoppers in specific instances and not, uh, you know, not protecting the brand the way that you want to, you know, bad reviews and other things, people, again, frustrated people. That, yeah. um, so that's actually, for, uh, I think, a good question. How fast do you need to reach out to someone in the case of a failed order or abandoned cart to make an impact? Because it's the web. I mean, you know, I'd like to think that if they're serious about purchasing an item and they didn't purchase it from you right then and there, um, while some of them may have been distracted and had to take out the dog or, you know, change a diaper, whatever is going on in their lives, um, that there's a good chunk of them that, you know, they're going to quickly move on and wind up making that purchase elsewhere. Um, do you find that there's sort of a, a sweet spot for how quickly you need to reach out? Sure. So if we're talking about a failed transaction on that spot and someone were to abandon it, because again, due to technical issues, I think the sooner the better. And I'd say within the first hour, within the first 10, 15, I don't know, like I want to say seconds, but it really depends on how you have it set up. And so you should probably well, set and up. And I guess if you're going to offer a coupon or something, you don't want to do it until you're you feel pretty good about the fact that they've actually abandoned ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, right? So it really depends on when you're going to engage with that. But I think the sooner the better because, you know, the, you want to, again, explain to the shopper as to what the reason was. And then, you know, doing it within the first, like, few minutes or so would be, the I think, would be the most ideal. But, uh, you know, me just saying that is, was one thing. But I think you also have to figure out with your demographics as to what the best uh, way is, right? So... Um, you would have, besides the initial email or contact point, be it an SMS email or whichever, you would also want to consider what the subsequent points of, t uh, how would the, how would your email or your contact cadence work? Right. You know, whereas like, you know, with, with, with abandonment, uh, uh, recovery emails, it could be a, over a span of the first 24 hours and then maybe maximum 48 or so, depending. Uh, you probably want to look at not bombarding people, but, you know, test out a short, I think a shorter time interval makes a lot of sense. Because that's when you want to get in touch, but gradually kind of taper it out as you go. But, you know, you probably don't want to try it too often because at some point people get, in, uh, get really irritated with it. So, you know, we, 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 we see somewhere between, for example, hitting them up within the first, like, uh, 10, first five minutes even, and then maybe within a day itself, and then maybe maximum another 48 hours. But after that, we probably consider it as more of like a, Hey, we will contact them, but not to recover the cart per se, but to just kind of put them at the, at the, Front of their minds, yeah, front of their minds, yeah. Just kind of like you know, hey, you know, this yeah. is happening, and you know, because I know that you were you were going to purchase this before, but hey, check this out, we we have this new product or whatever, or this might be more in line with what you're doing. So you don't come off as irritating, but rather you act on it when there's the moment. But if people still don't react, like you said, maybe you throw on a discount later on in the week, you know, depending on the cadence. Well, and you know, I, I think in e-commerce, you know, there's been such growth in the last couple of years. And now there's this big focus on, you know, how do we better service those shoppers? How do we retain them? Uh, and so from my perspective, you know, a lot of what gets lost online, of course, is, as we all know, it's that personal touch. So as opposed to acting almost like pop-up messages, uh, did you buy yet? Are you ready to buy? <laughs> you know, can, can we get you to buy? Here's a coupon. Buy it. Buy it. Um, instead of being a Jack Russell Terrier and, uh, and, and really being, you know, 
very demanding of them that they do the thing that you really want them to do that's in your interest, reaching out to them. Hi, you know, I'm, I'm a VIP personal shopper from brand X. And, you know, we uh, we noticed that you'd been on the site and didn't complete your transaction. I, I'm here to help if I can ever uh, answer any questions about our products or um, if, if you ever have technical difficulties, you know, actually um, treating someone well, the way that if they were in a store, they'd be excited and happy more often than not. And some, of course, you know, <laughs> um, I, I don't want to necessarily say that they're antisocial, but they'd rather do their own research. They they don't really want to, yeah. you know, have someone engaged in that level. But in other cases, people are thrilled um, that that's what's missing in the experience for them. So I, I think that, you know, I, there are those different ways of attacking these problems yeah. um, that are going to get very different results. But if you're committing to being available to shoppers and, and helping them on a higher level, then you've got to have resources to back that up. But that's more than just what I think of as, as a, an abandoned cart campaign or a win back campaign. Um, you know, that, that's offering a higher level of customer service and, and customer support long term. So, you know, and, and I'm sure that you've seen where maybe some of these things grow over time, that they start out as smaller campaigns and, yep. you know, and, and really the results speak for themselves. Uh, well, have you ever been, sure. been particularly surprised by what you've learned through uh, a campaign, anything where, you know, it, it was the results were a lot different than you were expecting or there were technical issues that no one knew about that, you know, were only uncovered by having human beings get involved and, and reach out to people. Something oh yeah, for sure. That, for yeah, sure. That, that, <laughs> definitely for sure. For sure. And we, uh, one, one case that I can remember, as you were saying that was, uh, this is, well, this is more for like chat card abandonment. So this was an interesting experiment that we did uh, with one of our clients. And, um, so we had chat available, funny enough, and you know we were having conversations and stuff. Uh, we didn't like, and this was not picked up, in, I guess, on our clients' end when they were implementing the chat button and the checkout button. But you know how things have to be responsive, and you know on the desktop everything worked fine. And I forgot specifically which mobile device, but the chat button at some point started covering the checkout button. And so that was starting. Yeah. So it was like, hey guys, like, dude, like, you know, you're, you're, you're we, we can't, we can't buy your product. And when we saw that, we had, obviously, we started, we acted on that immediately, right? Cause we saw it as like, oh, wow, you know, why, where, where is this coming from? And so we, we, we dug in, we, we figured out, you know, because we already had the information of what, what device the guy was browsing, you know, the store on, blah, blah, blah. Um, we just acted on that immediately. And so that was something that was completely unexpected because, you know, um, although we, we would kind of figure out the best way to um, not get in the way. Because, like, you know, having a chat button, for example, you don't want to get in the way of the purchase process. That's <laughs> That goes against what we believe in it for, for the start, right? And so um, that really kind of, like, that, that was a really good way of uh, what I think good example that I can think of, you know, like just considering that and uh, customers be giving you that feedback that you can act on almost immediately. Uh, on top of that, it's also collecting feedback just uh, generally from conversations where it's, you know, um, so when we perform these uh, recovery campaigns with uh, human agents, we always like to check them on like, hey, uh, you know, uh, what's so, for example, let's say if a person, uh, it goes two ways. Let's say if a person decides to say, you know, we, we always like to find out, you know, what what's working well, like what they like about the brand or what do they like about the brand and what do you think we could improve? And so some things can come up as like, you know, they like obviously they, they will mention like, hey, uh, you know, we like the product because it's useful or whatever. Sometimes it's as interesting as, you know, hey, we really 
like the messaging that you have behind the brand or like on this particular advertising campaign and that's why we stuck to it it's memorable it's a real mixed bag when it comes to that and when it comes to why people uh like think that what some of the what are some of the ways that a brand could improve themselves? It's as simple as, you know, suggesting like, hey, if you've had this product in a different color, you know, it's as simple as that. It's like, oh, wow, really? It's like, you know, and maybe um, one thing that we realize is that as much as brands are sending out their own different types of surveys or ways to get information back from customers, but when you have them on the phone or over SMS at that point, you know, that's kind of where we're like, hey, you know, we can get that information. And, and, and it's sometimes it's hard for people to get, give responses over automated surveys. That's kind of where we can pull out more information, and I, you know, like I, I think brands should also definitely consider uh, do having somewhat like a some some level of human personalized uh, approach to getting this kind of feedback because you'll be really surprised by what you'll get from people during that actual live conversation. You know, I, I'm constantly surprised by feedback from real people in real situations, and it, it is hard to get people's attention, they're getting so many messages. So if you're just asking them to come back and fill out a review or a survey or something that, you know, I, I think that there's a bit of numbness and apathy that's been setting in in the market, that those things are still important. And I'm not taking away from them specifically, but, you know, that uh, for your average brand, your average transaction, uh, the shopper just wants to move on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. You know, there are exceptions to every rule. There are people that, you know, that thrive on leaving those reviews and giving that feedback. Um, I think for most of us today, we we cherry pick, we pick and choose exactly when and where we're going to spend that time that, uh, you know, it, it can't always be necessary. So, you know, GQ, I think we've covered a, a lot of really interesting core topics, uh, you know, around this challenge and this problem, you know, around uh, payment failures and card abandonment and, uh, and, and winning people back and, and bringing up that customer lifetime value. Um, before we wrap up for the day, any final thoughts, any words of wisdom as we're now into 2022, <laughs> anything uh, that, that you see on the horizon uh, before we uh, let our, our listeners head out for the day? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think that this ties in with one of the things that we were talking about earlier just now, and that is, you know, um, personalization does not have to be, uh, you don't have to fear personalization at some level. When we talk about customer service, yes, you might have a lean team, but I think help desks these days are pretty well advanced and they have certain levels of uh, rules or AI to work with that allows you to personalize at scale. So don't, don't, you should be checking that out if you aren't already doing that because you could be uh, giving your customer service team superpowers with the technologies that they use. I think that's a really big one because you know with a team of four to six agents, for example, you could easily be managing a lot more tickets and handling a lot of things that are repetitive. And if you aren't already looking at that, you should really consider that because that's going to help you a lot. And you know our goal is to always help brands turn uh, their customer service in the profit centers. And I think it starts with the technology that, uh, not starts with, but it's one of the key things that will help turn that around is to equip your agents, right? And even though technologies might seem a little bit more pricey upfront, but you'll, you'll be surprised by the value that they can provide and the ROI that you'll get by investing in something that can scale uh, very quickly with a, with a lean team. And that helps to offload the need to um, scale up your human customer service team tremendously. Rather, you can scale that up as you need it. And, you know, um, and also consider maybe working with providers that are able to 
help you uh, scale your team up during the holiday seasons because that's when you need people. And then, you know, um, it, it's never because I know that there's a, a partial stigma around outsourcing. Like, hey, you know, could you get the same value if you were to outsource your customer service? I'd say probably start with certain basic stuff, you know, like that you're willing to outsource and test that relationship out. But, you know, there's never really an issue with outsourcing. It's just a matter of having the outsourcing team work closely with you because most most outsourcing providers will work with you as if they're like your internal department. Well, and given the current state of, uh, you know, uh, of employment and hiring and things of that and retention and things of that nature yeah. uh, that we're experiencing, I think for a lot of folks that it'll be hard in um, in the at least the short term to be able to scale up their internal teams in a lot of cases where you know they can benefit from partnering w- with a team that that has those resources available. So exactly, uh, you know that uh, unique times that we're all living through. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely very unique time for the past two years. We thought it'd be over last year, but now it's still going on. So hey. Let's just keep yeah. going. <laughs> we'll give 2020 yet another try. <laughs> exactly. 2022. Like, yeah. There's this like yeah. meme going around about February 22nd and a whole bunch of... It's, it's super funny. Anyway. Yeah. Well, absolute pleasure having you on the podcast um, for our listeners and viewers. Um, as always, thanks for tuning in. We'll have more great content like this for you soon. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. Happy sailing out there. Thanks for listening to the JetRails podcast. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We also post full videos of most episodes on the JetRails YouTube and Facebook channels. You can find links at jetrails.com forward slash podcast. Have questions about an episode? Is there a topic you'd like us to cover in the future? We're at JetRails on LinkedIn and Twitter. Do you want to sponsor this podcast? Sorry, but we're committed to ad-free listening. We are, however, always looking for guests that our listeners will benefit from. And don't forget to like the podcast on whatever platform you're tuning in from. It's a small ask, but it's a big help. We appreciate it. And more importantly, we appreciate you.